What is up, everybody? Welcome to a Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. It's been a little while since we said that, but glad to be back. John Harris going to be your host for the evening as we get uh, into our pre. This is our pre- first week of the off season, so we're just kind of getting our feet back under us. But we're going to kick off this show with a heavy hitter. How about a Hall of Famer joining us right off the bat? Now, Andre Johnson was already in the Miami Hurricanes Hall of Fame. But obviously, in here, here in Houston, we want to see him go in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well, last Thursday at the NFL Honors event, he was recognized as one of seven going into the Hall of Fame. Three Bears are going in, Julius Peppers. Uh, you've got uh, Steve McMichael, Mongo, who's going in for the seniors category. And then also you got Devin Hester. Randy Gratishauer is also going in for the seniors category from the Denver Broncos. Dwight Freeney going in as Indianapolis Colt and Patrick Willis, linebacker, San Francisco 49ers going in as well. Andre Johnson is one of those seven going in, going to be inducted in August. He was on campus, if you will, today. And after his media availability, he walked on down to the Texans radio studio alongside Mark and myself. We always have fun with Andre, but just to see his smile and know that man's a Hall of Famer. We've known it. But the validation that comes from the committee, that comes from the NFL, that comes from the Pro Football Hall of Fame, was very, very cool to get. So let's kick this one off with a Hall of Famer, Andre Johnson, with me and Mark. Here he is, Hall of Fame inductee Andre Johnson with us in studio. Dre, congratulations. What a long time coming. You used the word closure in your press conference. And, you know, first of all, congratulations. But what about that part of it? Because you've been waiting for this for a while. Well, I think um, you know when you when you you've done so much. Um, I think because people always ask me like, when did I know or when did I think I would be a Hall of Famer? Um, I never really thought about it until I retired. And Chris Carter, um, me and him talked for a little while um, after he came to the house, and he was just like. You feel everybody feels the same until you get that knock on the door. Mm. So when you get that knock on the door, it just separates you a little bit. So you're you're in a fraternity now inside of a fraternity. Okay. So um, it's just it's a different feeling, man. It's a different. Uh, it's something different by having a gold jacket. Absolutely. Andre, when you play the game of football, you just play sports in general, you do anything, you know, you want to improve, you go run an extra 40, you do more reps in the weight room, you go catch 100 passes off the jugs gun. But this is one of those where you couldn't do anything. There's right. nothing more you could do. Did that make it more frustrating? The fact that, hey, there's nothing I can do. You can't go on this big PR campaign. You can't do any of this. You can't do extra reps like you do when you play the game. Did that make it more frustrating in some sense that there really was nothing you could do? You just kind of had to wait and let the, the group, the committee pick you? Well, for me, it wasn't frustrating at all because I had no control over it. Right. So it was never frustrating. Um, I think for me... I always had the mindset, I'll get in. It's just a matter of time. Right, right. Um, like I said earlier, me and um, Cal, me, Cal, and Hannah, and Travis were at the game um, the night before I got the knock. And Cal asked me, he was like, do you think you, he was like, you think you got a shot this year? And 
I don't know for some reason my gut feeling was like, yeah. I think of any years this year. Mm -hmm. You know, when I looked at the finalist list, I was like, okay, um, it's me, Reggie, and Tory Holt again. Mm -hmm. So you looked at like over the past two years, the guys that were selected, um, they hadn't been a receiver. Yeah. So I was like, at some point, they gotta at least select one of us. Like, right. Mm -hmm. So um, when I um, when I thought about it, I was like, you know what? This this might be the year. Yep. You know, this, it, it, if not this year, then maybe next year. But I knew it was going to probably take about, you know, three years or so before it could happen. Yep. Andre, a lot of people ask you about your favorite plays and things like that. And the highlight reels are all running again for the last several days. And we've seen the great moments again. For me, you getting into Canton immortalizes that era of Texans football. And right. your teammates can share in this yeah. because there were so many great moments. And I know you didn't get as many wins as you wanted and that kind of thing, but there were some really sweet wins and great moments. And now they live forever in Canton. Yeah, they do. Um, and uh, all the guys are, like, super excited. You know, I, um, we have a group chat with all the uh, – the former players, and after um, I got, um, it was announced, you know, I, I knew for, <laughs> I actually knew for about a week and a half before it was announced, so, um, you know, it's so hard to, like, hold that information in <laughs> and not share it with <laughs> nobody, but I um I put in the group chat, uh, you know, we're in the Hall of Fame, you know, it wasn't not me, you know. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So it wasn't just about me, man. I I, I really, you know, uh, enjoy sharing the field with those guys, and you know, it ain't just me going in the Hall of Fame. They're they're going in the Hall of Fame with me. So um, just even, you know, I've I've seen J. Joe. Um, I got to see D'Amico right after it was announced. I mean. If you could have saw the reactions, man, like mm. it was, it was such a great feeling because, you know, you get to share the field with those guys and, and go to battle with them. So, um, they just, I mean, it was just an exciting moment for everybody. You kind of stole my thunder a little bit. That's what I was going to ask you about when people get in the Hall of Fame. You know, I got in, I got in, and you immediately said, and I saw it right after, we're in the Hall of Fame, and there were so many people that wanted to feel a part of that. Your former teammates. This city, this city wanted to be a part of you getting Hall of Fame. I, mean, I don't know if people were more nervous about the playoff game than they were <laughs> you you know, getting into, into the Hall of Fame. What does this city mean to you, Andre, and the, the support that you've gotten from the fans and the people in the city that still wear your number 80 jersey, that still talk about your greatness and what you've meant to this organization? It means a lot. Uh, I always say, like, I, I feel like Houston is the city that adopted me. Um, and, and, and it's funny cause even when I'm like, I'm out, uh, and I could be around guys and that I know and we talk about football and just hanging out and stuff like that. And they, they'll tell me, they're like, we know you're from Miami, but you're a Houston guy. Now. <laughs> yep. you know? yeah. So, um, and, 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 and that's why I say like, it's not just about me. And if you see the video, um, that's on, um, on uh Texans page after it was announced. That was the first thing I said. I yep. said, we are officially right. mm -hmm. in the Hall of Fame. So 
uh, it's it's like I said, it's not just for me. It's for everybody because when it was tough, they went through those tough years with me. So um, it's it's uh, it's it's all paid off, and um, every I'm sure everybody's. I haven't even really got to see a lot of people, you know, since I've been back, sure. but. Uh, Everybody's excited from the things I've been hearing, just from my friends and things of that nature. Is is everybody's excited about? Me. Yeah. Is is there another text thread on your phone with University of Miami guys? <laughs> and how is that one going? Because a lot of those guys are in the Hall of Fame too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, every everyone is excited. You know, everybody was congratulating me. Um, the funny thing, I, I don't know, like when I walked out on the stage. And I was laughing. I was laughing so hard because Michael Irvin was sitting right in front of where I was standing at, like, and he was so like, he was fist pumping and everything, <laughs> like. And I think he re he what happened was he saw me walk out, and then he realized that Devin Hester was on there. So he was like, "We got if you read his lips, he's yeah. like, we got two guys going, like." <laughs> yeah. So he was he was. He was pumped up. Uh, I got to see Ray Lewis um, Wednesday night when I got there. And he, it was funny because he knew. Mm -hmm. And he was like, man, I got to talk to you. He was like, we're going to talk in like two weeks. I'm going to call you. He was like, I got something I want to talk to you about. And um, when, so you know when all the guys, the uh, Hall of Famers come on stage afterwards. Yep. He came up and he was just dying laughing. And he was, he, was he like, knew and you knew, but yeah. you couldn't admit yeah, that you both knew. Yeah, so he was dying. Like, he was like, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. So, But uh, man, it was great, man. It was a great moment. It was, uh, it was a great feeling just to uh, be around those guys. Andre, have you ever been to the Hall of Fame? Have you been to Canton? Have you ever made that trip? No. Have you, have you thought about what it's going to be like when you walk into that room that's got all the busts of all the Hall of Famers and then there you are amongst all of them. I've heard somebody say, and I can't remember who said this, maybe it was John Madden, that he envisions when the lights go down it turns into like a Hall of Fame toy story where they all like start talking to one another. Have you kind of thought about that moment of seeing all the different busts of Ray Lewis, of Ed Reed, and then to see there's yours? No, I haven't really thought about it. Um, I'm actually going to Canton. Um, the beginning of March. That'll be my first time going. Uh, you, I, I remember John Mann saying that, that he believes that the bus speak yeah. to each other, right. mm -hmm. you know, once the lights go off. That's, I mean, you, I mean, it's only 378 people right. that are uh, in the Hall of Fame. And I think, there are some conversations <laughs> because there's, I mean, if you just look at uh, who's in that, the bus that are in that yeah. room, uh, it's, 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 it's the best of the best. Yep. And I tell people now I'm a part of the greatest football team ever assembled. Yep. I love you telling stories about Curtis Johnson and Larry Kirksey because they coached you directly. Mm. And here you are going into the Hall of Fame now officially. And I guess the message must be to everybody in all walks of life, but especially to young players, it's about 
the day-to-day, isn't yeah. it? All the work you put in on a daily basis with those coaches, those mentors, and whatever else you put into it. Yeah. Um, I tell people all the time, like, I never traveled uh, when I played. So I had a 14-year career. The furthest I ever went was to the Bahamas. Mm. And that's 45 minutes to an hour from Miami. So. Right. I never traveled. I never went anywhere. I always felt like I had to be working. And um, it, it, with that, it just takes a lot of sacrifice. You know, it takes a lot of, a, a lot of work. Um, and that, that's, that's just what I always felt like I had to be doing. I didn't want to feel like anybody, you know, outworked me or got ahead of me. So um, I just always... I don't care if I went out to a club. Like, my friends would be like, man, you want to work out? I was like, yeah, y'all was asleep. You know, it was just something that I knew I had to do to stay on top of my game and um, be the best player I could be. One more for you, the passage of time. Because I first saw you almost 25 years ago, 1999, my first day of as voice of the Hurricanes was at that scrimmage at the soccer stadium. Remember that one? You're wearing number five going off. And I'm like, who's that? Well, he's probably not playing this year because we've got Santana Moss and Reggie Wayne and Daryl Jones and all those guys. And 25 years later, you're going to get inducted. Yeah. It's been quite a quarter century. It has. Um, I don't think back then I even thought I would be uh, in this position. Um, I was telling, I was saying earlier that CJ, you know, my receiver coach, Curtis Johnson, he used to tell me, he was like, man, if you just listen to what I tell you, you'll be a top five pick. He used to mm-hmm. tell me that all the time. And when I really bought into what he was teaching and, and, and showing me, um, everything just kind of took off for me. Uh, it was crazy because... It's crazy just how things happen. I hadn't talked to him in a few months, and he actually called me the day I got the knock. Whoa. Oh, just yeah, coincidentally. Just coincidentally. He called me. Whoa. And he, uh, and I thanked him. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, man, thank you so much. Like, because he was like, man, because he's the, they changed it to the U, UFL now or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the head coach, you know, for the yep. UFL team, and, he was doing. He was in town doing media, and he was like, "Man, everybody just loves you." Like, they 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 asked me about you, you know, when I was doing, and um, I told him, I said, "Man, CJ, I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for you." Like, mm. and I thanked him, and then later on that evening, I got the knock. So it's just kind of crazy how all that just kind of happened. That's great, Andre. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. We know we have a lot more celebrating to do, yes. but thanks a lot for this visit. <laughs> Appreciate it. When we get back, Mark and I are going to talk, obviously, about that conversation we had with Dre, other things we're thinking about. And we've also got a little in the lab a little later in the show as well. But coming up next, me and Mark break down Andre Johnson, Hall of Famer, being celebrated today on Texans All Access. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of Texans All Access. Boy, it's been a while since I have said those words. In fact, the last time was heading into a game against the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. Which made me think, John Harris, along with Mark Vandermeer, I sent this text to you the other night. I don't know why it hit me, but <clears throat> the 
We have lost in a divisional round five times. Yes. We have lost all five of those on the road. Yes. We have lost all five of those in a rematch scenario. Now, that's different. I didn't think of that until you dropped that yeah. on me. In 2011, lost to the Ravens, lost to the Ravens. Mm -hmm. 2012, lost to the Patriots, lost to the Patriots. 2016, lost to the Patriots, lost to the Patriots. 2019 is the only win we had. Beat the Chiefs, lost to the Chiefs. 2023, lost to the Ravens, lost to the Ravens. Uh, that's, that's weird. I know yeah. there are I know playoffs and rematches like I get it. And maybe that's why I was thinking when we left Baltimore, and you know I've told you this, that I feel like we're gonna be back here. I was hoping it was gonna go differently, but it didn't. Um, but five five rematches in the divisional round. So I don't know, maybe avoid the rematch or play those games here that's in the, the near thing. future. That's it. You have no control over rematch. You do have control over whether you play at home or not right. by winning more games in the regular season. And that is the goal because uh, we just heard from Andre and I just did another Q&A with Andre for people in the building. And he talks about 2011 and how important it would have been, how great it would have been to be able to play the Ravens mm -hmm. at home in the following year, be able to play the Patriots at home. Those wins that you didn't get in the regular season cost you. Now, 2011, obviously, they had multiple reasons for that with all the injuries. 2012, they kind of blew it down the stretch. Mm -hmm. Not really, kind of. But they <laughs> blew their opportunity to host a an extra game or two at home, home field throughout with just one more win. My goodness. So... I'm with you, Johnny. You play that sucker at home, that divisional mm -hmm. round at home, and preferably the AFC Championship game also. Uh, things can be very different, but you got to make that happen. So we just got done talking to Andre Johnson. Hopefully, if you guys you were able to listen to that. If you weren't, go to HoustonTexas.com. You can get the podcast of this show uh, right there, podcast of all our shows, all of our podcasts of all of our podcasts. But definitely the show if you missed it. Uh, it was great to catch up with Dre. It's the first time we've seen him since um, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. And well, announced to be inducted. Well, announced, yes. right? Correct, because you you said it perfectly. He was an inductee, Hall of Fame inductee, inductee. and then in August, uh, August, July, whatever August. time frame, he'll end up going into the Hall of Fame when it's announced. Yeah, and it's you see him on the stage at honors. Andre Johnson has gotten in the Hall of Fame. I was talking to somebody earlier today. I was doing an interview. Um, with Orange Bloods, with Jeff Ketchum, Chad Hastings, and we were kind of talking about it. You've called every one of Andre Johnson's games, college, NFL, I don't count 15, 16, that doesn't matter to me, <laughs> except for 2002 when you started with the organization here. And only you can speak to that. I know obviously fans have all their moments with Andre. I got in the building in 2014, his last season here, got to know Andre since then. But for you, having called all those games back at Miami, all the Texans games, seen every single great moment. When you knew and you heard, oh, my gosh, he's in, what's your first thought? There's something different. Didn't he say it in his press conference? I've talked to them several times today and heard from him several times. So yeah. it's they're, they're all, all kind of together. together. But, <laughs> but he said there's something different Yeah. once you know you're in. Right. You, you're in that gold jacket club. Once I knew he was in, it seemed like the world changed mm -hmm. and it, it brought the past back to life for me because you and I always talk about old games and what happened. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, the older we get, 
The older those games get, Johnny, I hate to break it to you, but I'm realizing this. The math, yeah. you know, you start talking about, oh, remember in 2008? That was a long freaking time ago. You're yep. talking 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, what about 2004, the flip-over catch against Minnesota? 2004? 20, 20 years ago. Years ago. What? But I remember it like it was yesterday, and you can't expect the younger fans to remember these things or yep. even know them at all. So it just brings all that stuff back to life for me, and it immortalizes, and we said it with him, not just the plays, not just the moments, not just the sweet wins you did get, but all the other players ride yeah. along with you to yeah. Canton, and there's just something magical about that. It puts all that stuff in a time capsule and makes it golden, mm-hmm. makes it all wear this Hall of Fame jacket. You don't have a ring to celebrate from that era. You are you don't even have a division title to celebrate pre-2011, right. but you have Andre Johnson, mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, and I think everybody can, as I said, ride along, participate in that, and there's just something so wonderful about it, and he deserves it. Yeah. He's one of the greatest athletes to ever play any sport in the history of this city, and now it's more third-party validation, more than he already had. I think, obviously, it hit me when I saw him on stage, and I was like, yes, it's so cool. But then I saw on our social media when he said, we're in the Hall of Fame. He said, we. Mm. This is from a position, a wide receiver that is famously known for its divas. Yeah. The I, I, I gang. You know, I did this. I get my numbers. I've done this. I'm doing this. I got into the Hall of Fame. And Andre Johnson says, hey, Houston, we're in the Hall of Fame. And it hit me like, I don't know why. It just for, and obviously I was, I was stoked for Andre because I know what he's gone through. You know, I knew his career, just having seen all, like, I, all of that. And he's so revered in this city. You see still so many 80 jerseys. And he says, we're in. And I just, to your point, it was like he was saying, I'm taking, yeah, I'm going in. I'm the representative of all of you guys, I'm going in as that representative. And I just, for a former wide receiver to think that way, and he's always kind of been that way. It was never the braggadocio, hey, look at me stuff. Um, it was it was always, he was always concerned about what the team was doing, how the team was performing. Even in his retirement, he was concerned about what the team has been doing Very and concerned. how the team is going. Vocal. Right. And none of it having to do with him, but just, what does this mean, um, you know, for the city of Houston, for my teammates? I, I just that's the part when I that's the part when I started to kind of like, oh man, he has always been so different. I remember seeing him when I moved back here in two thousand seven. I started covering the Texans at that point. I remember seeing him on a field and just went, oh, like yeah, yeah. that's look at the size. That's what NFL receivers look like. You realize, no, that's not what all NFL wide receivers look like. But that's just one of the greatest ones of all time. That's what he looks like. And that just, that's always, that's always got me. And always, when we're sitting here interviewing me, sitting across from me, I just look at him like, oh my God, he would have been a defensive end in the Ivy League. Plus, uh, I mean, it was Chris just Carter, Chris Carter in the uh, special, right? Because he's the one who knocks on the yeah, door. Yeah, he's the, he's the knocker. And with Steve Weish in the van or the limo, right. it's probably not a van. Well, maybe it is a van. Could be. On the way over to his house. Steve Weish is asking him, tell me about Andre Johnson. Tell the viewers about Andre Johnson who don't know what Mm -hmm. he did. And he said he's a mixture of, he went DK Metcalf and Sterling Sharp. That's a good combo. And I thought, all right, good reference with DK Metcalf to get the young people to visualize something. 
But Sterling Sharp, nobody remembers him who would be watching that show if they right. don't remember Andre Johnson well. Right. Uh, I, I liken him to, I think Metcalf is good, partly. A.J. Brown, good, partly. Yeah. The precision route running, Johnny. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that number 10 uh, highlight in the video that we put out that the Hall of Fame picked up that everybody had where he torches Pac-Man Jones in the playoff game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That little, yeah. you know, he's acting like he's going to go to the sideline, but the, and Jones just bites on it right. big time, and he just runs right by him. Because Carter said it well. He He's that big, and he's got that those hands, mm -hmm. and he can run – Zero weaknesses in his game. Zero. Right. There is no weakness in the Andre Johnson game, and I thought that was high praise. And then he's standing next to Carter, and Carter would torch people in this league. Yes. I mean, he just kills people mm -hmm. in this league, right, when he's playing. Yep. He's a foot shorter than Andre Johnson. Wow. I mean, now it might be different. He gets older, whatever. But but you look at the shoulder height. Yeah. Never mind the height. The shoulder height and the presence of Andre still yep. years after playing, eight years after playing football. It's incredible. It it, it absolutely is. Um, I like the DK Sterling Sharp. Like I get, I get the Sterling Sharp comparison, and that is mm. absolutely dead on. And the thing is, I know a lot of people. Are like, well, I've never heard of Sterling Sharp. He's a Hall of Famer. Sterling Sharp, Sterling Sharp got hurt, had a neck injury, and that shut his career down. Yeah, like I know you. We all know Shannon Sharp and Club Shay Shay and all that. Sterling was that at receiver. Outstanding. He was that plus, but he got hurt and he had to cut his career short. He was a. That's a great comparison. I love Chris Carter using that because people forget Sterling Sharp. That's Andre was even bigger, stronger, faster than him. But at some point, it got brought up, and I can't remember. I remember the first time that I, I remember distinctly because that was 2001 team with Miami. The goes games you were calling. You'd watch them for a little while, and everybody else is, you know, everybody's doing something. And I'm sure during the games that I watched, you know, I saw Dre, but I really wasn't paying too much attention. Wasn't that Rose Bowl when yeah. Keo Craver is just getting tossed like a rag doll mm -hmm. because this 6'3, 230 pound super stud is just tossing him to the ground? <laughs> that solidified just, a lot for him. I, I mean, that Rose, that to me, that's. That's the one that, you know, doing what I like to do and doing the scouting and that kind of thing. That's when I went, okay, he's just a sophomore. I need to watch that guy because he's going to be a superstar. Um, and he turned out to be exactly that. Uh, so strong, can run like the wind. Carter also talked about his lateral quickness uh, and everything that he's done off the field as well. It's just, it's so thrilling that he's getting in. I can't wait for the induction ceremony. And what goes in in a few years, you'll have two Texans mm -hmm. in, and we'll see how it goes from there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Lay your bets down. Who's the third Texan to get in? I think Dwayne Brown's not getting in, right? I don't think so. But Dwayne Brown was very good for a long yeah, time. Absolutely. There's no question. Absolutely. Uh, Hop? That's what I think. That's I would have mine. to say Hop. I mean, that's that's the only guy you can pick, mm -hmm. right? Yep. I mean, I think Arian Foster, you play another three, four years, you got yeah. a shot. Yep. You got a shot. Uh, Owen Daniels is 25th on the all-time tight ends receiving list, but you got to put up astronomical I mean, numbers if you're going to get in as a tight end. The fact that Gates does not get exactly, in and he's exactly. top, what, three as a tight end, top three or four at the outside as a tight end receiving the football, you're not going to get in. So I just brought that up because I'm thinking of great Texans, and there are many others who I will not mention right now. Yeah. It's got to be, other than what, it's probably Hop, but Hop has to put up a few more yards here. Yeah. I said a the few other more night, yards he, and a few more receptions. I, I said the other night that he t he told me on the field he's, he wants to play another five years. If he does five years at 
Give me a number. 60, 70, let's go, let's go 70 receptions for 1,100 yards, six touchdowns for the oh. next five years. Oh, it's, it's a lock. Yeah, it's a lock. lock. I mean, I, I'm talking about, I think he needs like three or 4,000 to get into that top 10 range. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, Once and, he gets into the top 10 range, and Hop's also got the... He's got a highlight reel. Right. He's got he's got the highlight reel. And you throw in the two catches that didn't even count, it's not going to matter because people are going to watch the highlight reel and not even remember flag. that. Yeah. They're not even going to remember that he... Well, you, he, you know what it is about both those both guys, flags. It, it's funny. It's kind of like watching a, a high-scoring basketball player with, with Andre Johnson <laughs> because he would have a catch here, a catch there, and a couple of receptions here. All of a sudden, it's eight for 120. Wait, right. what? Yeah. Exactly. You knew he was having a good day, but he just puts up numbers and more numbers and more numbers, and that's how you get to be 11th all time yep. in yards and catches. Yeah, it's it's very much that way. I mean, think of all the great basketball players you ever saw, and you're like, were you at 28 tonight? Exactly. Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly, huh. yeah. Huh. Bucket here, bucket there, a few free throws, another bucket here, sit out four minutes, come back, bucket, bucket, and all of a sudden you're, you got 30. Wait, it was quiet 30. I just wish that... Andre could have had the a playoff run like Larry Fitzgerald had. Yeah, I like, thought that. that you know, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald had top. that 2008 playoff run, mm -hmm. and it was like that. From that point on, everybody was like, he's going to the Hall of Fame, no questions. And I think really nobody in Houston ever questioned Andre should be in the Hall of Fame. I think there were probably some nationally that were probably like, well, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch him, all that. And, you know, I think have we seen that kind of playoff run? from him and get all the way to the Super Bowl and he does all that, it would have been... It, it, it would, we wouldn't have to wait another couple of years for him to get in. But, well, I remember 09 just freaking out. Wait, oh wait, oh wait, Cardinals. Freaking out, thinking their guy is putting together this right. reel and our guy can't get into the postseason right. and it's no fault of his. Exactly. We got to get him in. Right. And then we finally get him in in 11 and he had a banged up season, but he still played well. Yep. And then he finally gets in and catches a touchdown. I was so thrilled to see him catch that mm -hmm. playoff TD against the Bengals. I thought, this is it. Yep. Let's go to the next round. Let's do this again. Let's build on this. Couldn't do it. Obviously, couldn't get to the AFC Championship game and beyond. But he's in Canton. And here's the other word. It's a relief for me. I He, he didn't say it. I'll say it for me. I'm relieved. I didn't want any more questioning, any more having to prove it. Like you said, like he said, you can't catch any more TDs or any more passes right. or make any more plays. So you have to rely on what you've got. And I just thought, man, I don't want this thing to continue to drag. Right. And then all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, you've got to get him with the veterans. And he's going to be, you know, 65 years old. No, <laughs> get him in now. Right. And he's in. And it's a relief. And it's glorious. Well, I think yeah, there, there are a couple of things. Number one. I'd like to think that I can watch football and know that guy's a good player. That guy's a good player. Okay, that guy's not as great. That guy's a superstar. When I watched Andre Johnson and I watched him in his career, I felt like I was watching a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Sure. But when he doesn't get in, I'm starting to question myself like, man, did I like did I not see this? Like, man, I don't know. I thought he was a Hall of Fame receiver. I thought he should have definitely gotten in. And so now I okay. Personally, I feel better. Because you want a I hot take? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. I love a hot take. Uh, he's every bit as good as Megatron. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. There's no question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and That's not a hot take. Okay, good. Because I, I, so. I think some people. That's would, like a half But a why is Megatron, fire. like, get a free pass there? 
because he's Megatron, he's got the catchy nickname. And here's the other thing about Andre. Every time he was in a game with Larry Fitzgerald or Megatron, he had the better game. That's and I just exactly right. And he doesn't have full control over that. The ball's got to come his way. Right. But it just happened. And in 09, the bang, bang, bang against the Cardinals play. Yep. Larry's team. Yep. Right? And oh, or 13, when he makes those two amazing TDs off the arm of Case Keenum, well, guess who was on the sideline opposite Larry Fitzgerald? In 2012, Thanksgiving has the better game mm -hmm. than Megatron because he's having that two-game stretch, which yep. was the top of a wide receiver in the history of the league. Always had the better game, and I just thought he was he's, – People cannot come at me and say Larry Fitzgerald's better than Andre Johnson. I know he put up a, a big body mm -hmm. of work, played longer. I get it. I get it. I get it. You take GMs from that era. We're putting together a team. Who do you want? Look, Megatron's going to get some action. I think Larry's third in this thing. At you know that That's solidified. Mm -hmm. I think Andre Johnson, most coaches, knowing who he is as a yeah, person, yeah, yeah. would pick him. That's just my thought. Here's the thing about those three guys. Which I find very interesting. None of the three, and I, I felt like there was a period of time, probably three, four years, where Megatron, Larry Fitzgerald, Andre Johnson were the three top receivers in football, and there was nobody even close. I feel like that was a period of time. So it was those three guys. All three of those guys were very much team first, team centric, not about me, didn't like, hey, yeah. look at what I've done, all of them. Mm -hmm. which is fascinating because that was an era of, hey, look at what I'm doing, look at how I'm doing, look at what I just did. And those three guys, there was none of that. Larry Fitzgerald yeah. scored a touchdown, he handed the ball to the official. Megatron, there's no celebration. He, I think he dunked the ball over the goalpost. Maybe that was it. Megatron, very quiet. You just didn't hear him talk a lot in the press. He didn't talk at other defensive backs. And obviously we know Andre. Those three dominant for however long they were together, I thought those three were the most dominant. They were not the stereotypical divas that you know we still see at the wide receiver position so uh it was pretty it was it's pretty interesting to think about that Fitzgerald will get in Megatron's in Andre's in Fitzgerald will get in um I don't even know what year he retired but he'll get in very very soon but our guy is in and that's most important Andre Johnson going into the hall of fame got in on third ballot should have been first we all know that but at least He's in, and we got our Hall of Famer in our midst, which is very, very cool. All right, coming up next, we're going to go in the lab with Drew Doherty, and I will talk about this a little bit more about Andre going to Hall of Fame, and then some. That's next on Texans All Access. Welcome back, everybody. A Wednesday edition of Texans All Access is not complete until we go in the lab with Drew Doherty and myself. Let's go. Let's talk about Andre Johnson. He got fitted for his, uh, his yellow jacket. Saw the tweet on Tuesday around lunchtime. Dre getting uh, fitted. It was just so awesome to see. Long time coming. Three years, a long time. He should have sailed in on the first one, as we all think and know. But, uh, you know, he went in, and it was a, a nice night, a wonderful night. You guys have recapped it and everything. But uh, I just want to reemphasize, re he's 11th all-time in receptions and receiving yards. There are 10 men in front of him. All of them are in the Hall of Fame or will be someday soon. Nine, yeah, nine of those ten are receivers. Mm -hmm. The lone non-receivers, Tony Gonzalez, tight end, he's in Canton. Mm -hmm. But every one of them played with a quarterback who was at least a Pro Bowler with that guy for five years, and or a Pro Football Hall of Famer. Dre 
played with Matt Schaub, and he went to two Pro Bowls. That's correct. And that's it. Mm-hmm. That's it, quarterback-wise. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing to think from that standpoint. Uh, you know, when uh, when we saw the news, and and really, I, I don't know how this happened. I happened to be on Twitter on the night of honors, and honors was just an incredible night. CJ wins mm-hmm. rookie of the year. Offensive rookie of the year. Will wins defensive rookie of the year. D'Amico is our coach of the year. It's a tie. Ty should have gone to the runner, meaning who won the playoff game. Right. D'Amico smashed, so that should have been. But either way, it's a great night. Well, I'm starting to see tweets. I saw breaking news. Andre Johnson going to the Hall of Fame, and I thought, wait a second. That's not – and I – first thing I did was to make sure I wasn't behind on the broadcast because that happens a lot. Sure. I forget that I'm behind on the broadcast. I'm streaming, yeah. Because I'm streaming, and so I'm like, oh, no. I was watching live like, wait a second. They haven't unveiled this. Then I saw it again, and I'm like, I don't really want to, like, what if they're wrong? I haven't, I mean, I had a, a good hunch that it was happening, but I, so then I was like, I'm just going to wait for it to happen before I tweet anything and or post anything, and mm-hmm. then you see them all descend from the floor, and there's that smile on his face, man, and when Andre smiles, it lights up the building, and it was so cool because you just knew you know, the joy he was feeling had to be yeah. feeling right there standing on that stage had to be really, really cool. And I know, you know, I was feeling it. I was at home. Uh, Jack had think had either gone to bed or was in his room. And I'm just, you know, I'm like, I'm like standing up on a couch. I'm just clapping and going nuts. And it's, you know, it's, and it's funny because as you and I have said, there's nothing more he could do. Yeah. There was not a thing that he could do any more than he had already done there's nothing it the the fate of whether he went in the hall of fame or not was left up to the committee and that and that was it and i think that's you know that's the hard part you always feel like there's something you can do you can help yourself in something no there's nothing you can do um he was in the barn it was done and he just had to kind of sit and wait and that that's the most frustrating thing for a lot of guys that end up in the nfl the you know the type a's the alphas you know, there's always something they feel like they can do. And there's just, there was nothing. You just mm-hmm. had to wait. And, you know, three years of a wait. And look, I think Torrey Holt has been waiting longer. I think Reggie Wayne might have been waiting longer. Uh, they put the right receiver in. There's no question about that. I think those two are, um, are Hall of Famers as well. But yeah, Steve Smith Sr. too. Those are the, because those yes, two absolutely. and Steve Smith are, are the three that are ahead of him that are not right. in the Hall. Well, there's Larry Fitzgerald as well. He's going to get in. But yeah, I think all those guys are deserved. Yeah. So Every I think. You know, seeing Dre get in, I was glad, two things. Number one, I was glad that Andre is going in as the first Texan. Yeah. Because if you start getting in this wide receiver backlog and it's all jammed up in a few years, you know, do you have to wait another five years? And does he go with JJ? Mm -hmm. And I'd like for each one of them to have their own kind of ceremony and celebration. I mean, it's going to be tough enough that that JJ is going to have to share the stage with Tom Brady. Um, that's going to be tough enough uh, in how many ever years we are now away from that. But I was glad for that. Um, the second thing was I was glad there was no other receiver that went in. Now, Devin Hester is more for a return game and all that. Yeah, yeah. But as a true bona fide receiver, I was glad it was just Dre. Totally. He's the only offensive else. player. You know, for, you know, oh, yeah, Hester, you're right. Hester got in as a yeah, basically yeah, a spe- special teams returner. Yeah. Now, he caught, really? he caught 16 touchdown passes, did Hester. But he got in because of all the touchdowns yep, as a kickoff returns. and punt returner. He all was, he was fantastic. And then the others, all defenders. So yep. yeah, Andre was, I didn't even, I, that didn't even 
Yeah, Steve Weiss I, pointed that out. I didn't even think about that. That nice. You're the only yeah. offensive guy. and That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. So That's awesome. I was watching it with my kids. They were up. They stayed up a little bit later. Yeah, they, yeah. They were up late this week because they stayed up later to see that. Mm -hmm. They stayed up late to finish the Super Bowl. I was watching it with them, and they were having a fun, fun time. Yeah. Cheering on all the Texans past and present. Yep. Okay. That's good. NFL draft is still a while away. We're going to the combine in a couple of weeks. Yep. This time in two weeks, we'll be in the middle of it all. That's exactly right. And then in late April, the draft happens. But a couple of weeks ago, I released the first Houston Texans mock draft tracker, which is basically where I go around the web and mm -hmm. I pluck the more notable mock drafts. Anybody can do a mock draft and release it, and God bless you if you do. But I, I'm going with people who work for a pretty solid publication or, mm -hmm. or outlet or whatever. Right. And the last one I did had 20 mock drafts. Right. And the most mocked player to the Texans was a guy named Chop Robinson. It's from Correct. Penn State, mm -hmm. pass rusher, defensive end. So I did it again today on Tuesday. And the number jumped from 20 to 36. And okay. Chop Robinson doubled yeah. his folks who were mocking him to the Texans. You're one of them. Yep. Six have Chop Robinson becoming a Texan. But tied with chop now so it's 16.7 of the the mock drafts tied with him out of illinois defensive tackle jerzon newton yeah also known as johnny newton yep lots of tfls this guy has what's the deal what do you think about those two i know you like chop yet that you yeah, have him yeah. mocked to tell me a little bit about each of them and how they would fit in with the D'Amico ryan's defense well a, cu a couple of things as i'm going through this i you know i i just i just set my I haven't posted it yet. I'm not totally convinced, but just going through and kind of initially setting my Harris 100, actually mm -hmm. Harris 150. So I'm like, okay, Texans are around 23. So I try to match up where I had players in some sense that were around that, that I would consider that I thought about. And right there at number 23 is actually Chop Robinson. Yeah. So um, he's Maryland transfer. He's a blur off the edge, incredibly quick. Um, I think he can hold up against the run um, a little bit smaller. So that does give me a little bit of pause, but I think he's probably going to measure in the 250 range when he goes to the combine or yeah, when he goes to the combine. So I think that'll be fine. Um, but you talk about a guy, just a blur off the edge. The nice thing I like about 23 though, Drew, is the fact that I do think that somebody that's in the top 10 to top 12 could end up oh. falling down there to 23. You know, I've seen mm -hmm. some mock drafts lately that Brock Bowers is falling. Um, I've seen some where goodness gracious, Leatu Latu has fallen and has yeah. been drafted beyond number 23. He had three people mocking him to the Texans yeah. last week. If I had my pick, I mean, I've got Latu right now. I've got Latu at number, I, I really like Latu. I've got Latu at number six. Wow. So I'm a big fan of his game and I just think he's got every asset. I'd love Jalen Phillips from Miami. They got the same build, kind of same play structure in their game. So I like Latu a lot, but I think Chop would give this you know, rush game, something that they don't really have. Hopefully, hopefully in due time, we'll get Dylan Horton back. Dylan's got length. He's, he's kind of like a uh, lot to, in a sense that he's long, um, relentless to 70 in that range. So he's kind of what Latu is already. And hopefully you can get Horton back. Don't know what happens with John Grenard, but obviously we know what, what will can do off the edge. Mm -hmm. Chop is just a blur. He's just speed. Mm -hmm. And that's something the Texans, don't have in fact you could 
I'm not telling you JJ Watt, Devin Clowney, any of those great rushers were slow, but that wasn't their asset. That wasn't like their their main prime asset. Mm-hmm. You know that JJ was so skilled with his hands and powerful. You know Clowney was just a bull in a china shop. You know Whitney had this cadre of pass rush moves, chop his speed, and he can bend the edge and make life tough. So, you know, you put a guy like that opposite Will Anderson, now you, you know present some issues. So, Chop Robinson is one of those picks. Jujon Newton. Um, I did actually a breakdown of his game against Penn State. You can see that on my YouTube page at JH Football Takeover. Uh, that's JH Football Takeover, and you can see the breakdown I did. He is a wonderful athlete, wonderful, and mm-hmm. playing inside, he does things that you know you see Chris Jones do from the Chiefs. You see that athleticism, but I want Newton to play with a little bit more football violence. Um, and I like him. I, in fact, I have Newton probably just a shade ahead because of shade ahead of what uh, I have him at number 20. So I've chop at 23. I have Newton at 20. And it's not as if I like chop more. Than I like Jerzon. I just think there is this desire to find 300, 305 pound ballerinas that can move the way that Newton does. Hmm. And I think that I think Newton would fit in this this defense. I think what I'd like for this defense, because there is some redundancy with some dudes that are quick, that are about 300 pounds, that have some twitch, like Malik Collins, you know, like Heinish and like uh, Khalil Davis. What you don't have is, you know, size. Yeah. So, you know, it's a little, you know, a little high for Devondre Sweat, but I watched Devondre Sweat just break guys in half, literally break them in half at the Senior Bowl. And that would be impressive to take a guy that size and put him next to Malik guy that size, put him next to Khalil Davis or, you know, whatever happens with Sheldon Rankins, et cetera. Been a long time since we've had that size. But when we did, when we had Will Fork and reader together, mm-hmm. we had the number one run defense in the league. So I'm not saying that size has got to be all of it, but I wouldn't mind having a little bit more size than we have up front. Um, and, you know, a guy like Tavondre sweat is definitely, uh, worthy. I've got him at number 30, 39 right now. Now those numbers are, are, you know, probably early, a yeah. little bit, you know, but I just wanted to get an initial setting and I've been following these guys throughout the year, which, you know, so yeah. I feel pretty good about where they are. And look what, you know, at number 39, you know, Tavondre sweat is a candidate for 23. Now I do think he has to lose some weight and do some things, but chop Robinson, uh, Johnny, Jujon Newton. And by the way, lovey Smith recruited Jujon Newton. Um, and I think he's a Floridian, if I remember correctly. So that always matters to me. Where they played high school ball always matters. And I think Florida Johnny, man. Florida man. Yeah. Jujan Clearwater, Central Catholic uh, in Florida. So Florida men aren't bad. Um, but those would be some pretty good options. I thought about receiver and I thought, you know. Well, hold, hold on. Hold on. I don't hold know. On, hold on. Okay. So either or, say they're both available, Chop or Newton. You go with Chop? I'd go with Chop. Yeah. Okay. Even though I have Newton ahead, like overall rankings. I think Chop would be a really interesting fit let for me, this team. For let sure. me ask you this then. Let's because I do these mock draft simulators mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the names that pop up that seem to have fallen, quote unquote, yeah, to the Texans a time or two. Right. It's from this group. Chop and Newton. And so obviously you got Chop. So from this group, who would you take first? Chop, Byron Murphy the second, the defensive tackle from Texas. He's around there. Brian Thomas, the wide receiver from LSU. I know you you I like very highly. I like yeah. Thomas. Yeah. Defensive end Jared Verse from Florida State has fallen there a bunch as well. When I've done these. And then Lai to Latu from UCLA defensive end. Out of that crew, who would you take if you have all things equal? Those are the guys there. Who are you taking? 
If I sign Grenard, then Byron Murphy, no questions asked. Okay. If I don't sign or can't sign Grenard and I and I don't find another um, another guy to sign at the edge position, then it's a lot too. Why do I feel that way? You're going to have to listen to In the Lab, listen to the rest of it. we got to cut it there because we've got to hand it over to our good friend Sean Bajani and Patrick Creighton. Area 45 is next right here on Sports Radio 610. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody, and as always, go Texans.